Today is Halloween of 2023, and one of the biggest questions that I get around holidays especially is, Brittany, how do I figure out how to, to eat all these different foods that I'm not used to? Or especially around Halloween, what do I do about all the candy? And one of the biggest things that I hear with that comes, I just feel guilty every time I have something sweet or when I feel like I eat more sweet than what I'm used to or what I think my body needs. And it's frequently followed by a lot of, oh, I shouldn't have done that or, oh, I should do this instead. So if that is you, if you would raise your hand and say, yes, I do experience guilt. Maybe it's before a meal or a snack. Maybe it's during at the table or maybe it's sometime after the fact then today's episode is absolutely for you, friend, because I'm about to give you nine different strategies to help you battle that guilt, whether it is around a meal, a snack, or maybe just your Halloween candy. So stick around, friend, and let's dive in to episode 49 of the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyfield Eater Podcast. Why is it that it's so easy to feel guilt before a meal, during, or even after? Well, most of the time, it comes down to this belief that eating certain types or amounts of food is wrong that it's not okay to eat a certain way or to eat a certain amount. And because of that, we often feel like we have to quote unquote make up for what we ate or how we ate. And frequently with that follows the feeling of shame. So today I want to spend some time helping you not only bust this myth about feeling guilty and making sure that you know that you don't have to experience guilt, but I want to help you know what it looks like to battle that guilt and to overcome it so that you can have a meal that is guilt-free. Because let me let you in on a little hint, friend. There is no food that has guilt as an ingredient in it. Okay. So let's just start by looking at a very simple definition of what guilt really is. Okay. The way I often explain it to my clients when I'm looking at the difference in guilt and shame is that from uh, an overarching standpoint, guilt is feeling like we have done something bad versus shame is feeling like we are bad. And so oftentimes the shame follows the guilt. We feel like we did something bad, therefore we are bad. But if we're looking at just a strict definition, guilt is the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or a crime. Now, I don't mean to make this overly minimized or lighthearted here, but I want you to see what this looks like and how it could play out because chances are these are not the kind of thoughts maybe you have in your mind when you're first experiencing guilt, okay? You're likely not thinking about it in terms of an implied offense or a crime, okay? However, my hamburger that I had for dinner can't vandalize my neighbor's house, okay? My fruit salad cannot run a red light and my Halloween candy can't steal from anybody. 
So I want you to, I, I say this to say that food cannot inherently be good or bad because it is amoral, meaning it is without morals. It doesn't have the capacity to do or to choose right or wrong. Yet we still frequently allow ourselves to feel guilty about the way we eat. And that can be for a ton of reasons. Very likely it has to do with the people that you have grown up around or the things that you hear, maybe even now on a day-to-day basis about how we should feel or how we should eat. That word should probably comes up a lot. And maybe it's not always directly pointed at you, but oftentimes it's implied or we hear someone talking about what they feel like they should or shouldn't do or what they feel like is right or wrong when it comes to the way that they eat. So for the next few minutes, I want to look at some different steps and some different strategies to help you battle guilt. And I'm dividing this up into three sections. So if you deal with all three of these, great. Hang out with me for the next little bit and we'll go through all three. If you need to skip ahead or backtrack as we go for specific sections, you can do that as well. But we're going to start with a couple of ways that we can battle guilt or prepare for it before meals. Then we'll go to a few strategies to help you during mealtime, if that's when you tend to experience guilt. And then we'll wrap up at the end with a few more strategies for those of you who struggle with experiencing guilt after meals. So let's start off by diving into a couple of ways to deal with guilt before a meal. Now I start with before because even though you haven't done anything, if you are already feeling guilty because of what is on your plate or you're going out maybe to a restaurant or to a friend's house and maybe you either don't have control over what you're going to be eating or you have maybe different options than you're normally used to. If you feel like those foods you're going to eat are not safe foods for you, if they don't feel like they are appropriate or they fall outside the realm of what you would normally consider okay for you. You can, like a lot of people do start feeling guilty early. And so the first thing I want to encourage you with here is to number one, prepare your heart by acknowledging some of those common sources of imposed guilt. Okay. Imposed meaning like the guilt is essentially put on you or you're made to feel guilt because of other things. So this might be diet culture pressures. It might be comparison. It might be comments either to you or that you hear from other people that might be around you. This could be one thing we've got to focus on this at this point is we've got to let go of external expectations and you've got to embrace some self-compassion here. So if you are out to eat and your external expectations are, okay, I'm going to see what everyone else around me or listen for what everyone else orders. And I'm going to order something that I feel like is healthier or at least is not, you know, more indulgent than the people around me. You've got to give yourself that opportunity to actually think about what sounds good. What does my body need? And also give yourself that self-compassion where you can say this This other food, it's okay if no one else is getting it, is what I'm in the mood for tonight or what sounds good or what I know my body would feel good eating. Okay, so let go of those external expectations and embrace the self-compassion. So that is preparation um, strategy number one. Prepare your heart in advance by acknowledging what are those potential sources of imposed guilt. So maybe you're not feeling guilty yet, but you're just preparing ahead of time for what might come up. Okay. 
Strategy number two here, again, for before meals, and I'm just going to go over these two for beforehand. I don't want to really spend a little more time digging into during and after. So strategy number two for before a meal, preparing for guilt, is to, again, prepare ahead of time for battling potential negative self-talk that might come up later. Okay, so we talked about external sources. Now we've got to look at internally, what are some of those things that could come up that you might tend to tell yourself either before, during, or after. So this is, again, before the meal, we are preparing for this in advance. This is something that we do and practice very intentionally inside the Joy-Filled Eater course is we have a resource that I created for my clients on all on overcoming obstacles. And it's essentially this strategy where we are anticipating, we're not like saying, let's just assume the worst is going to happen, but we're anticipating in advance what barriers might come up. Okay, what are some things that could come up? What are some of those conversations you have in your head? What are some of those voices that the eating disorder tries to kind of speak over you, that the enemy tries to tell you um, are going to be true, you know, if and when you eat that? So we're anticipating in advance, what are those barriers so that we can prepare in advance for how to overcome them? Now, if you have ever been in the midst of a difficult situation and you start having the same types of maybe self-deprecating thoughts or guilt-inducing thoughts, then you probably know what are the type of things that, what are the type of thoughts that are going to come up? And so if you know, hey, I have a tendency to default to this particular type of guilt-inducing thought, maybe it's, you should have more willpower than this, right? Or you should have done X, Y, Z um, in regard to how you ate today or in, in regard to how you moved today, right? Think about those thoughts that come up most frequently. And in this exercise that we do inside the Joyful Eater course, I give you a place where you write those thoughts down and some specific strategies for how do we prepare to overcome them, okay? So because this is Halloween season and because I hear a lot of questions around how do I deal with guilt and how do I deal with, you know, the sweets around Halloween, I want to give you a specific example for today. So maybe part of this for you is before, again, this might not be a meal. This might just be before a snack or having some, some Halloween type candy. Make a list of the reasons why it's okay to have that candy. Okay. And this is specific to you. Okay. Maybe for you, it is, I am going to have this in order to challenge a food rule. Maybe you are practicing food neutrality and you're trying to work on that idea. Again, that we came back to at the beginning that food has no morals. Maybe you are working towards food freedom by challenging your diet mentality. So whatever it is for you, Hey, here's my list of reasons why it is okay to have this or why I am choosing to have this. Again, One thing we can look at is, yes, we have that like food neutrality from a moral standpoint. It's also okay to acknowledge that, yes, not every food is nutritionally equal and that's okay. Sometimes the benefit of having a food is not always going to be nutritionally related. Sometimes it is social or communal, right? If I'm going out to a coffee shop um, to meet a friend, I'm probably not going to try to nourish my body with something super nutrient dense. I'm going to go have something that I enjoy and that gives me a social relaxing environment to hang out and connect with someone else. So keeping in mind, maybe that's one of the things you focus on is what is a benefit of having this or how could this potentially benefit me now? And it's okay for there not to be a ton of reasons here, but come up with something that's going to help you again, overcome or anticipate those obstacles in advance. 
Okay, so those are the two strategies for before a meal. Number one was preparing your heart by acknowledging um, some of those common sources of imposed guilt. Okay, so those external expectations. And number two, prepare ahead of time for battling that negative self-talk. All right, let's move into talking about three different ways that we can prepare to battle guilt during a mealtime. Okay, so if you are at the table, you are already consuming your meal or your snack or whatever it is. The first one for this, so this is our third strategy um, for the day, first one for during mealtime. Practice gratitude for your food. This could look like saying a blessing beforehand and thanking God for providing it. Maybe it is appreciating the people who made it or grew it or got it to you. The people who, maybe it was the farmer who picked it. Maybe it was the people in um, in the, the factory or in the store who either produced it or made sure that it got on a truck and drove across the country and got to you. Maybe it is appreciating the fact that by you purchasing whatever that food was or partaking in it, that you got to be a part of the process of producing jobs, right? Allowing people to have a job to drive that truck or to grow that ingredient or to get the lights turned on, you know, at home because they have a job. So practice gratitude. It doesn't have to only be for the food, but it can also be for the process of how the food got to you. All right. Strategy number four for the day, savor each bite. Okay, this might sound very basic, but it can be so, so, so easy to fall into guilt when we're only focused on what we are thinking about the food or what we think we should be doing that's different. So rather than focusing on the nutritional value or lack thereof for some foods, rather than focusing on that, focus on the actual food itself. And you can use a mindful eating guide to help you with something like this, to help you notice and appreciate the food you're eating. I actually have created a guide uh, for a lot of my students and clients, and I have linked it for you in the show notes today. So this is 10 steps for practicing mindful eating. You can use all 10 if you want, or you can just generally use it as a guide to help you notice some of the sensory process on what your experience with the food is actually like. I used to do this a lot when I was in the treatment center setting. And I did this one time at a family workshop where we had a lot of uh, a lot of the ladies who were struggling with disordered eating had family or had other support people come in. And we did this activity with an Oreo. And so I took an Oreo and I kind of crushed it into a few pieces and put it in this little cup to give everyone like, you know, three or four bites of this one Oreo. And we went through these 10 steps to practicing mindful eating, this guide that I have linked for you. You can find it in the show notes, or you can just head to brittanybraswellrd.com slash JFE49 for Joyfield Eater 49. Um, and so we go through this and I, I get to the end of the, the exercise or the end of this practice. And I just asked for some feedback from the participants on what was this mindful eating experience like for you? And I so distinctly remember one of the girls saying, that is the best Oreo I have ever tasted in my entire life. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And she said, because I noticed the flavor for the first time. She said, normally um, Oreos are a binge food for me that once I start eating them, I feel so out of control that I just keep going and I, I can't stop until, you know, a whole sleeve is gone or the the half half the package is gone. And so 
we, we went through this practice and she said, I noticed the texture of the cookie and the difference between the cookie and the cream in the middle. I noticed how the texture changed as I chewed it and as I savored it. I noticed the difference in like the light, sweet, sort of vanilla-like flavor of the cream and the rich chocolate. And so she just kind of kept going on and telling me all the different aspects that she noticed of the actual Oreo and of the food experience itself versus letting her mind wander off into what she was concerned about in regard to the Oreo. So grab that guide if you need some help just practicing that mindful eating experience, essentially just paying attention to what is this experience like and how does it feel in my body versus just trying to eat it mechanically or just because you feel like you have to or need to. All right, strategy number five here, our third one for during mealtime, how to battle guilt, is notice how you feel physically as you eat, okay? So this might be the, the process of noticing not just am I hungry or am I full? We talked about this in episode 45 with Charlie Castle um, a few weeks ago, but noticing how hungry am I maybe at the start? How does that hunger or fullness level change as the meal progresses? Maybe when I get a third of the way through or halfway through, what do you notice different that, that is happening physically? Maybe it's not just hunger and fullness. Maybe you notice, hey, is my stomach settling comfortably? Right? Does this food feel good in my body or am I noticing I still have some tightness or nausea or my stomach feels a little bit unsettled? And going, okay, yes, that could potentially be related to the food or it could be you being able to notice I'm still anxious about this. And it gives you an opportunity, not for judgment, but to say, what is something I can do to help my body relax and de-stress so that I can digest more comfortably? Okay, maybe it's asking yourself from a physical standpoint, do I feel more or less energized right now? Or how much more or less energized do I feel, you know, now that I'm halfway through the meal than I did at the beginning? Okay, so these are just a couple of examples of some things to notice physically. How do I feel as this meal progresses? Again, this is to help you pull the guilt away from feeling like you should or shouldn't be doing something. Let go of the should and just notice what is actually happening in the moment. All right, let's go over. I've got four more strategies to help you battle guilt, and we're going to use these four to look specifically at how do I battle it after meals. Okay, so let's say you come to the table or you're out to eat or you're having a snack or you're eating in your car on the go and you notice like I've I'm so busy. I don't even realize what I'm doing or I don't even think about the guilt until afterwards. And then it settles in or I hear somebody make a comment or now all of a sudden I notice I'm really full. That's when the guilt settles in. Okay. So it could be a lot of different reasons, but let's just start with this first one. So strategy number six for battling guilt um, is use the statements that you prepared before your meal Okay. So when I refer to that kind of overcoming obstacles reference, okay. So this is one of our first things that we did in preparing for guilt beforehand. Use that same um, sheet or those same statements that you prepared for to combat the negative self-talk or the food lies that could come up. Okay. Hopefully at this point, uh, you know, when you get to this after meal portion, you, you've anticipated again in advance. These are the types of negative thoughts that tend to come up when I feel guilty, or these are the food lies that come up, or this is like the food police kind of thought that pops in my head. And instead of 
like allowing your, your mind or your thoughts just to spiral out of control and coming into agreement with those lies that gives you that opportunity, that sort of red flag or indicator to go, okay, I'm prepared for this. So even though I don't feel like these statements I came up with are true, or I don't feel like they really have any ground to stand, you're not worried about trying to come up with something in that moment. You've already prepared in advance. You're not trying to think of different ways that um, the food is okay, that it is amoral, that it's whatever those statements are you came up with. You already have that prepared. You can have it, you know, as saved as a picture on your phone, as a note, um, whatever it is. So strategy number six here, first one for after mealtime, pull out that overcoming obstacle worksheet. If you want this specifically, this specific worksheet, you want to go through this process step-by-step on how do I come up with this and how do I know what kind of um, statement is going to help battle it most effectively, that is something you can find inside the Joyful Eater course. You can find the link to that in the show notes or head to brittanybraswellrd.com slash course to learn more. All right, so that's strategy number six. Strategy number seven is trade those should statements like I should have known better trade those kind of statements for something like, I wish I would have known once. Okay. So we've talked about how should nearly always leads to guilt, but there's a big difference in I should have known versus I wish I would have known. Okay. So an example might sound something like, I wish I would have known that X, Y, Z, that, um, that bucket of Halloween candy or that those five pieces of you know, bite-sized Snickers, whatever it was, maybe in your Halloween basket. I wish I would have known that that was going to make me feel like this in my body, that my body was going to feel this way. And, okay, so instead of at this point going straight for judgment or self-condemnation, we're going to go, okay, now that I know, next time I can make an adjustment that could help my body feel better. Okay, so instead of I shouldn't have eaten that, that was bad, I'm bad, now I need to do whatever to make up for it. I wish I would have known I had felt that way. Okay. So we're coming at this. If you're familiar with the kind of the concepts of intuitive eating, or if you're familiar with the diet mentality type voices, um, there is one voice that's on the kind of positive intuitive eating side of things that y'all have probably heard me say at some point, um, that I love and it's the food anthropologist. And I love the show Bones. <laughs> Bones is a uh, is a nickname for the main character of the show, and she is a forensic anthropologist. And so as an anthropologist, it is her job to essentially observe the facts, observe what's going on, observe um, anything that might be happening around her, and then use that to draw a conclusion or to learn from. And so we want to do the same process. We want to think about being a food anthropologist or even a body anthropologist and for lack of a better phrase, and just to recognize like, Hey, I I wish I would have known this. I didn't know, but now I can make that observation and I can learn, make an adjustment next time. So maybe instead of having the five bite-sized Snickers, maybe next time I'm going to have two or three and maybe I'll have it, you know, with a meal when I have something else on my stomach. Right. So we're taking away the guilt from saying I should have known better or I should have done differently to, well, I wish I would have known. And now that I do, I can make that adjustment for next time. All right. So that was strategy number seven, trade those I shoulds for I wish I would have. Okay. Um, 
Number eight, we've alluded to this a little bit, but specifically after meals, practice some very intentional self-compassion. All right. So for example, if you ate more than you intended, let it just be that means of information gathering rather than ammo for guilt. Okay. So y'all can see how a lot of these strategies can play like hand in hand. And you have to remind yourself again in this mode of self-compassion that you did not commit any sort of crime or offense, right? And neither did your food. That food is amoral. And by consuming a food that has no morals, there's no transference of morality to you. All right. You are not good or bad for eating a food that you deem as good or bad. And so in this process, you're learning and it's, you've got to give yourself that opportunity to know that, Hey, we're, we're not always going to hear our body signals exactly correctly. Every time that takes some time. And even if you have very consistent hunger and fullness signals, and you have really high levels of interoceptive awareness or body attunement, Again, go back and check out episode 45 if those terms are new to you, but essentially just this process of listening to your body, recognizing what's going on in it and being able to respond in a way that's beneficial. Even when you're doing that consistently, there are going to be things that throw you off sometimes where you eat a little past the point of comfortable fullness or where you realize, oh, I don't think I actually did eat enough or where maybe every meal is not going to be perfectly balanced. And that's okay. Give yourself that opportunity to, again, notice what's happening, practice that self-compassion and remind yourself, I didn't actually commit any sort of crime or offense here. Therefore, there is no need for guilt. Guilt is irrelevant. All right. And number nine, this is going to be our last one for today. Please reach out for support. I think this is where a lot of people get caught because they feel like, I don't know who to ask for support or nobody knows that I'm struggling with this or Maybe my spouse is riding in the car with me right now or my friend and they know they know that I'm struggling, but they don't really know how to support or they don't understand. That is okay. All right. There's a difference in having someone that is supportive and encourages you, but that doesn't understand. There's also support that might look more like accountability where you have it's a slightly different relationship than support. And we won't go into the difference so much today in support and accountability. However, I will say from an initial, maybe your next step here in getting support is to join our free Facebook group. We have a group that is, it's open to anyone, um, women only, sorry, men, if you're listening, but just go to Facebook and type in food freedom and body image support for Christian women. This is our free Facebook community where everyone in there is going to understand to some degree what it's like to experience guilt or to have anxiety around food or your body or wanting to change one or both of those things. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, or if you're in there and you say, Hey, I need some additional support. Maybe I need some coaching, or maybe I need a cheerleader in my corner. Um, or maybe I just need a little bit more of the education and I need some more of that ammo, that positive ammo to fight against guilt or to fight against shame. I would love to invite you to join our coaching community and our education community inside the Joyful Leader course. Again, you can learn more about that on the website at brittanybraswellrd.com slash course. You can also find that link in the show notes or just shoot me a message on Instagram. Head over to Instagram and DM me at brittanybraswellrd and let me know what's going on. I love to chat um, in the DMs there, I can only provide a certain type of coaching. If, if you're not a client with me, or if I don't know all the details, 
However, I would love to be able to answer your questions there to help you know like, hey, what might be a good fit for you? Is the course something that could be super beneficial for you? Or would it be more beneficial maybe to use the course or other resources alongside something like talking with a Christian counselor or a therapist or a personal dietitian? But there are so many different ways to get support. And if you don't have any support, then please come join us inside our free Facebook community. It's a great place to get started with that. All right, that is our nine strategies today. In case you missed one, or if you are multitasking, come back to me for a quick second, and I'm going to give you a quick recap of all nine strategies to help you battle guilt before, during, and after meals. Number one, prepare your heart by acknowledging those common sources of imposed or external guilt. Number two, prepare ahead of time for battling negative self-talk that might happen later. Okay, so this was that overcoming obstacles worksheet that I mentioned. Number three, practice gratitude for your food or even for the people who helped make that food happen and get in front of you. Number four, savor each bite. And you can do this using a, a type of mindful eating guide. If you don't have one of those yet, head to the link in the show notes and go ahead and grab the guide that goes along with this episode. Number five, notice how you feel physically as you eat and how that maybe that changes or progresses. Number six, Use those statements that we talked about there in strategy number one, that overcoming obstacles uh, worksheet or something like that, to combat the negative self-talk or food lies that might pop up after a meal. Number seven, trade those I should have known type statements for I wish I would have known once. Number eight, practice self-compassion very intentionally. And number nine, reach out for support. Again, love to have you join us inside the Food Freedom and Body Image Support for Christian Women Facebook group, or as always, we have so many ladies that are taking the Joyful to Eater self-paced course and are getting like experiencing so much growth. I love hearing from you guys each and every week. Um, I get emails, I get DMs from those of you taking the course that are that are experiencing all kinds of incredible change, and it just blesses my heart to get to hear those and get to share those. So. If you are in the course or if you've gone through it or if you're getting ready to, you can also head over to uh, my SpeakPipe page. You can go to the podcast page at brittanybraswellrd.com slash podcast and find a really easy link there to get to leave me a voice note. I would love to share your wins and your stories and your testimonials on the podcast if you want to give that encouragement to someone else. All right. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation today. Don't forget to grab the resources that I mentioned that are linked in the show notes. And absolutely, we'd love to see you inside our free Facebook community. So until next week, friends, as always, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. Do you feel encouraged or inspired to take your next steps toward food and body freedom after listening to today's episode? If so, would you take 30 seconds to leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? It's the absolute best way to support the show and share what you're loving about it so that we can continue to spread the word and serve you with even more incredible topics and special guests. If you want even more free support on your food freedom and body image journey, then make sure you get on our VIP list right now. As a VIP insider, you'll get bonus podcast content from me every Tuesday to help you press forward on your food freedom journey. And you'll have the opportunity to submit requests for the topics and guests you want to hear from on the show. 
To get on that list right now, just head to brittanybraswellrd.com VIP or find the link in today's show notes. And lastly, if you're tired of trying to Google your way to better body image or food freedom, I have something for you. We have a course suite that can help you take your next steps. So whether you're looking for a Christ-centered approach to overcoming disordered eating, wanting to improve your body image without all the worldly affirmations and self-esteem mess, or you just need a little guidance to boost the nutritional value of your meals and snacks at home, I've got you covered, friend. Head to brittanybraswellrd.com DIY to check out our signature courses and find the one that best fits what you need right now. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. I'll see you next time on the Joyful Eater Podcast.